Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is Marcianne, and I'm ringing the bells. <laughs> These are the bells from the uh, San Juan Capistrano Mission, <clears throat> California. They <clears throat> ring them when um, someone gets married, <clears throat> and, uh, and for other reasons too, but mostly for the weddings, they ring the bells. And what we're going to be talking about here is women <clears throat> this year. So I'm probably going to be opening all the shows with ringing the bells. (laughs) So because I'm dedicating 2019 to the year of the divine feminine. You know what? We as women in some misguided attempt to gain some kind of equality we think we don't have, in the process we've lost the mother and we've lost the wife. Because we as women now have lost our divine feminine position. And really no amount of yelling and screaming and using coarse language or packing a gun or marching with banners and demonstrating that we just aren't going to take it anymore is going to help. It seems that women are fighting today to be treated like a man. I mean, that's how it looks to me. Probably a feminist would say, I just want to be paid as much as a man for the same job. However, in the process, what has really happened is that the man has been emasculated and told not to be a man anymore. Don't worry, I can handle it, says the woman. And since the man's true desire is to see the woman happy, he just steps back and says, okay all the while scratching his head because he just hasn't got a clue about why the woman is acting this way or what to do about it. And meanwhile, the children are just growing up, being parented by the government, the schools, and minimum wage caregivers who's on their, who are on their cell phones. Recently, I've been reflecting on how women are being depicted on television and advertising right now. And most companies are still using sexy women to sell their wares. I mean, whether it's a new car or or just the tires or a juicy hamburger or a certain shampoo or women in bikinis and women with big boobs are there on the screen. It's almost practically all you see. What are they selling? Who can tell? Who are these women also who are willing to do these commercials? How are they helping the cause? I mean, most of the crime shows now have women carrying and shooting pistols and rifles and machine guns and using extreme martial arts to bring down the man. I mean, this graphic message here is just that, bring down the man. And why do all the female singers and dancers have to be practically naked? Who are these women who are willing to be used like this? 
Isn't their talent enough? Why do they have to shake their heads and swing their hair and swivel their hips in a sexual intercourse rhythm and show all show their boobs? You know what? I just don't think women can have it both ways. Dress provocatively and simulate sexual intercourse and then call the man on the carpet for sexual harassment? Well, who started it? And just this week, I was horrified as the new woman senator from Michigan, after doing a silly dance into her office, used the word motherfucker in relationship to Trump. You know, people, no matter what you think of Trump, I'm sure he's the president of the United States. If you can't like him, respect the office. I'm sure he didn't have sex with his mother. And for a person who has just been elected to the next to the highest office in the United States to act such a way is just a statement of the pure reflection of how far down we have gone. And we are going to continue to descend as long as women act like this. And it's accepted. A current talk show, which is described as from the female perspective also warns you of strong, coarse language. So the gals on this show probably would cheer for this motherfucker senator from Michigan. I I don't watch that show because it never portrays my female perspective on things. And I sometimes wonder if it is just a show to manipulate women rather than reflect what women really think. I mean, come on, girls. Do you support And are you proud of a woman who wants to impeach the motherfucker president? How does this show that women have power? How does this show that women are to be respected and allowed to handle the affairs of our republic? Or would you want to go down in history as the first female to say in her first statement to her constituency that she's going to impeach the motherfucker? If I was from Michigan, I would immediately want to impeach her. Why aren't the people in Michigan saying, boy, did we make a mistake? Shut that woman up. YouTube's also beginning to show women in outrageous displays of what apparently they consider their empowerment. I mean, recently a woman wanted a book at Barnes & Noble, and the salesperson was very kind and apologized and sympathetically told her that they currently did not have the book in the store, that it had become very popular, and they currently were sold out of it. But they would be very happy to order it for her. Well, this woman went into a rage. She wanted it now. I don't want to have to wait for it. You should have known it was going to be popular. You should have been prepared. And she went on and on, screaming to everybody in the store, about how negligent and inadequate Barnes & Noble was to not have this book available for her right that minute. Women like this aren't helping the cause. In fact, it's women like this who are so ignorant of what the actual cause is who are taking us down the tubes. Soon there's going to be another woman's march, and the advertising for this march is to mark two years of resistance to the Trump presidency. And they say they are building more power 
I guess, power for women, I guess. But you know what? Resistance is using power in a very negative way because what you resist persists. You're empowering it because the spiritual law of sowing and reaping guarantees a negative outcome. Being against something is never productive because resistance is based on duality, for and against, right or wrong, good or evil, and negative always begets negative. So I'm going to just share with you a little bit uh, my perspective, because <laughs> I'm a woman. I am a senior woman. I was born in the United States during the Great Depression when times were really hard in this country. I mean, I got a new toothbrush and new soles for my old shoes for Christmas. But I am white, and today it's called a privilege to be white. However, when I was born, everyone in my neighborhood was white. Everybody I knew was white. I went to an all-white grade school. I went to an all-white high school. All my teachers were white. The bus driver, the taxi driver, the waitress, the bartender, the plumber, the electrician, everybody was white. Now, I knew there were black people, but they all lived in the downtown area, and we never saw them. And there were no other kinds of people, just white people. So in those days, we didn't consider it a privilege. It was just how it was. And now my stepfather was a a blue-collar worker. He made printing plates that printed the newspaper. It was called uh, electrotyping. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom. There were four children. I was the oldest. Now, our parents told us that they would take care of us until we were 18 years old. And after that, we had to be out on our own. They said they would supply our basic needs, but anything else, we would have to work and earn the money to buy for ourselves. So I was walking dogs and running errands for the older neighbors by the time I was eight years old. And I also had a newspaper of 100 customers. You know this paper rut was in our family for 11 years. It went through all the kids. (laughs) And by 10, I was babysitting, and I had saved enough money to buy me a bicycle, and a radio. At 14 years old, I got a special work permit to work at the drugstore down at the corner, which was three blocks from our house. So I went to school and then went to the drugstore and worked from 3 to 11 p.m. And I would walk home those three blocks by myself at 11 p.m. with no worries. And my job in the home was to do the dishes, and at 11 p.m. they would be sitting there waiting for me on the table where everybody just got up and left. So I got in bed by about midnight. I worked hard in school to earn a scholarship so I could go to college, and I met my husband there. He was in his first year of law school, so we got married, and I quit school and went to work for the next two years so he could get his law degree. Nobody helped us. The philosophy in those days that if you were old enough to get married, you were old enough to be responsible for yourself. And after he graduated and passed the bar exam, we went into the military for two years. And then when he got out and affiliated with a local law firm, we began our family. I was a stay-at-home mom. 
I lived on what my husband made. And when you first start out in a law firm, you don't make a lot of money. And we didn't have credit cards. So what he earned is what we had to live on. And I took great pride in making our life as wonderful as possible on what he earned. Were there other people who had more money than we did? Well, of course there were. Were there other people who had less than we had? Of course. This is always going to be true. I have a friend whose husband is a doctor, and she told me one time, you know, Marcianne, we're the poorest couple in our group. <laughs> and she had a 7,000-square-foot home on, on 15 acres, and they had a boat and an airplane, and they were the poorest in their group. You know, there's always going to be someone who has more than you do. So the secret is to be happy at your level of accomplishment without carrying yourself to others. Accepting yourself and your abilities is one of the first steps to ultimate happiness in your life. And I have to tell you, this acceptance of yourself, especially if you are a woman, is a totally separate issue than making as much money as a man. Now, I can hear you now. What? What? What What did she say? If I accept myself as a woman, I'm not going to make as much money as a man? No. The problem with wanting only wanting to make as much money as a man is you're putting your value as a woman into dollars. And this is totally unworthy of us as a woman. We are priceless. And women are never going to find the validation they crave by a paycheck. No one can ever pay us for what we do because the position of the woman is beyond measure. It just can't be celebrated with a paycheck. That is never going to do it for us. Now, just let me tell you a little of my background because I was a single mom. And I did not have a college education. Five years old, my husband left. And I had these three kids, 12, 11, and 5. And remember, I had quit college to work so he could get his degree. So all I could do was get a $5 per hour secretary job. In the state of my divorce, there was no alimony for the woman. There still isn't today, just child support. So the three children and I lived on my $5 per hour secretary job and $60 per month per child from their dad. Now, women would argue today that I should have finished my college education before getting married. But my parents had told us that we had to be out of the house and on our own by 18. So I couldn't stay at home and finish college like kids do today. So I got married and helped my husband finish his college education. Well, three years into my life as a single mother, I met a gentleman at a meeting. He had just lost his wife. He was so nice and really good looking. (laughs) But I reminded myself I was divorced. And my church had taught me I couldn't be married again, as that would be committing adultery. And the church taught that adultery is an unforgivable sin, so I would go to hell. Now, these teachings are just some of what the Christian church taught me that is not true. And now we're getting down to the roots of the problem that women have. 
Remember, I said I was born in the United States. I am a woman, and I am white. Here's the problem. The United States was begun as a Christian nation founded by white men from England who wanted to be free from the church and the state being a single authority. They wanted separation of church and state. And the government they set up here, which is a republic, by the way, with elected representatives, but it does not specify any specific religion. Those men were Christians from the Church of England, and the Church of England was a part of the new church that was established when Martin Luther broke away from the Catholic Church. But when the new church was set up, the change was just basically to not continue to recognize the Pope as the authority of God on the earth. But most of the other stuff that comes down to us came down through Catholicism. Uh, and all those things are still taught. And one of those at that time was that a divorced woman couldn't remarry. Even though in 1975, which is when this happened in my life, we were 400 years past the time Martin Luther wrote his grievances and posted them on the door of the Catholic Church. And we were 1,975 years past the time when Jesus was here. So we had 1,500 years of Catholicism on the earth, teaching the canons of the Nicene Council of 320 A.D., not what Jesus taught. Jesus' gospel has never been preached yet. We have been taught the canons of the Nicene Council of 320 A.D., and I suggest you look that up. The Nicene Creed is something almost everyone in the United States used to be able to say. It's probably not that true now. But it was taught by celibate priests because you couldn't be spiritual and have sex. Of course, now we know the priests were having sex with all the young boys while they were continuing to teach the Pauline theology, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, suffer not a woman to teach a man, no woman could be an authority over a man, be quiet in public, ask your husband questions at home. Women were totally suppressed in Christianity. Remember, Christianity started in the Middle East, where women still today are considered suppressed. And the white men who came to this country to establish separation of church and state did set things up so we have freedom of personal religion. But, and our country was set up as a Christian nation. And whether you go to church or not, this is deep within our culture, the American culture. The American culture that teaches that women are to submit and women cannot be in authority over men. Just a day at the library where I volunteer from 10 to 1, our supervisor was telling about a meeting she was in charge of this past week, and a gentleman who had kept taking her to task about an issue that she had suggested a solution for and which had been voted on and accepted by all of the members of the meeting. But he kept going on and on and on about how it was wrong, how it had to be unaccepted, that he was in total disagreement with it. 
And one of the other people on the shift this morning said, boy, he was totally disrespecting you. And she said, he was a senior white man. It's just our American culture. And this is the root of women's secondary standards, standings. And as long as we only make this about money, we are never going to win this battle.